Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by GetX. GetX features a full line of dial-in markers, burnout guard, and paint protection, and has recently introduced their brand new racetrack-approved hand sanitizer. Find all of your GetX products at your favorite retailer, JEG, Summit, etc., or online at getx.net. For your dial-in, paint protection, and now personal germ protection needs, GetX has you covered. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 44. It is almost Memorial Day weekend. Whoo! Time flies when you are stuck in your house with nowhere to go legally. Um, uh, Before we get to today's episode, some of you were great listeners, not good listeners. You were great listeners, and you let me know that you were watching Top Gun. So nice work there. That is really good stuff. Uh, You are being good people by doing that. You're being good racers. You're being good parents. And in Brian Tidrick's situation, I think you are being a great grandparent by doing that. So nice work, um, and thank you to all of you uh, for keeping me fired up this week with those uh, little notes and uh, you know notifications that uh, you were doing the right thing out there. That being said, I really do hope you and your family are safe, and the lockdown has been just really hard for all of us. I mean, and it, it's truly hard to know exactly what is happening out there and how dangerous it truly is. I mean, we, you know, we talked about kind of how it's like a pit bull and that when it strikes, it's, uh, it's pretty dangerous. So, you know, um, but ultimately this thing is coming down to this. We need to do a good job of protecting ourselves much like we do when we strap in and make a pass. Um, but our body's safety equipment is really our health and our immune system. So we know this right now. We know that vitamin D is very important to your immune system. We know that vitamin C and vitamins uh, and zinc really help. Vitamin zinc. Zinc really help. Um, and then we also know now, and this is new research that's coming out, that your testosterone levels impact your immune system as well. So, fellas, go get that checked if needed. There's no stigma in it anymore. And if it keeps you healthy, man, you might as well be safe. Uh, because these are absolutely crazy times. Uh, it is absolutely just bizarre out there. I mean, what with the Rona and the aliens, the volcanoes and the murder hornets. And now, oh boy, this is so good. This is so great. This week, NASA announced that they think they have found evidence of a parallel universe where time runs backwards. I can't make this up. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want to. And I don't even know what that means or how that would impact us. But good job, NASA, 
for finding out that little nugget um, about a parallel universe where uh, time runs backwards. Nicely done, 2020. You uh, you are really pushing them out, so keep on cranking out the hits. Uh, whew, um, interesting stuff, and that should get us going this week. Uh, I know it did for me, and we have two great guests. I mean, the, these two guys who are going to come on today, I'm really excited about. First of all, we have Kurt Frederick. He was your 2019 NHRA Division Three Top Sportsman Champion. And we also have Gary Varney coming on, the owner of GetX, a uh, new sponsor of the show, and really a great racer and a good friend. So I'm excited to have him on. So um, I cannot wait to have them on. Um, and I know you guys are excited about it well. So let's do it. Get to doing whatever it is you do while you're listening to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on the heap in either event, metaphorically speaking. Get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get these things hot. Let's put it in the water box. Um, And we have actually some good news for motorsports this week. Uh, It's a first time in a while, so I think we need to address the good news instead of the tragedy and angst that we've been talking about so much here lately. So first off, uh, NASCAR made their return without fans this week. And I know it's not our classes, but it is really good for us. It killed it. Um, in terms of ratings, it absolutely killed it. The viewership was through the roof. Um, and here's the good thing. Motorsports without fans are fine. Other sports, not so much. There's a, there's a whole thing with basketball teams and football they need the fans and there's momentum and all that stuff that doesn't doesn't necessarily you don't need that in motorsports um so this is a good time for us um since there are no other live sports on that uh you know motorsports can kind of come to the forefront which is really good so hopefully um even though there were no fans this brings eyeballs to motorsports um, now, NHRA can't really do with fans without the fans because just the way their business model is set up, they don't have the huge TV contracts, um, even as good as John Force and Caps and all those guys are on TV. It just they don't have the TV contracts. So, um, but overall, I would say the fact that the NASCAR return uh, came and and was so highly viewed. Um, overall, I believe that eyeballs on motorsports are good for all of motorsports, so I think we're going to put that as a positive this week in the books. Secondly, Worldwide Technology Raceway, they must have been listening last week when I was talking about the drive-in movie theaters because they got creative. Um, it, and you know, just like we've been talking about in this segment, how we have to be better on the flip side of this thing uh, than when we're before the Rona lockdown. Um, and the Worldwide Technology Raceway did a thing, and they created Gateway Drive-In Theater at Worldwide Technology Raceway. That's a lot to say, but it's Gateway Drive-In Theater at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And I love it. Uh, so first of all, they brought the Gateway name back, which is good. Um, and then they're they're using their space, which is already there, to be productive. So people can social distance while they're watching a movie, sitting in their own car, and they might just wonder, um, you know, what all the racing action is going on while they're there and come back for something else. It also is a thing where people are in their cars, so they might be a little more excited about cars. So I really like that. I think that is uh, 
That is really great stuff. And I want to applaud Gateway. Er, I mean, Worldwide Technology Raceway for getting nice on the other side of the Rona. That is good stuff. And I really think this is something that other tracks should consider. Um, there really isn't a whole lot of expense in putting up one of those big screens. Um, and people want to get out of the house. I mean, I don't know about you, but I want to get out of the house. I'm making grocery runs for one item and uh, just so I can get out. And uh, I think it'd be a good revenue source. So that is, in my opinion, that is a really nice move um, for all of us. And uh, congrats to uh, Gateway down there. Thirdly, uh, we broke it here for you last week. Bandemir Speedway will have the largest payout in top dragster and top sportsman history. That is 20 stacks to win that. That is September 10th through the 12th. We'll have more information on that for you as well. But that is big, man. That is what everybody has asking, been asking for, really. They've been asking for more cash, more lettuce, more cheddar, more dough. I can't wait, and I really believe that this is just the start of something even bigger in terms of big money, top sportsman, and top dragster drag racing. And lastly, there's just a small amount of optimism for all of us, um, just from the facts that tracks are finding ways to get uh, get open and people are getting closer to get out. So, of course, stay safe. Of course, keep some distance. And, of course, keep yourself healthy. Uh, but we have something to look forward to now, which is really, really good. All right, let's put it in the beams presented by this is bracketracing.com. On with us now is your 2007 IHRA Division 5 Top Sportsman Champion. He has national top sportsman event wins on both the NHRA and IHRA side. He is your 2019 NHRA Division 3 Top Sportsman Champion and overall was the fourth place finisher in the national point standings welcome to the show kurt frederick kurt how are you today man very good yourself no complaints i'm vertical and uh you know l-i-v-i-n as they say yep i totally agree totally agree um thanks for coming on kurt uh you had a great year last year um i mean you win the division three top sportsman uh race there and then also I mean, you were in arm shot of, uh, you know, of winning the, the national uh, point standings as well. Uh, but let's let's go way back before um, we get into last season a little bit and tell us a little bit about how you got started in drag racing and uh, what made you do this. Well, I got started. I had a street car that was just a little too fast on the street, and I decided there was a place to do this before I couldn't afford insurance or lost my license. Right, right. And uh, I started out with a 12-second car bracket racing out at our local track at Great Lakes Dragway. Okay. And it just went on from there. That's um, in Wisconsin, right? So Great Lakes is in Wisconsin for all our listeners. Um, uh, close to Milwaukee, is that right? Yes, yes. It's the home of uh, Broadway Bob, which everybody in the drag racing world knows okay. that name. yep. And so you were you were bracket racing there with uh, with a street car that was uh, a little too fast for the street. Yeah, we started out as a twelve second car with small block, naturally aspirated. I raced that for many years. Um, when we decided to build our first top sportsman car, that car was running nine sixties, and uh, actually we were a pretty competitive car with it. 
So what what kind of enticed you then to go to the top sportsman side and to keep doing that? Like, because uh, you obviously could have. Uh, you said you had a good car. You could have kept in that um, you know that nine sixty range and probably had some success there. Well, you know, you always want to go faster, um, and an opportunity arose. And actually, we were building a 99 Monte Carlo for either Super Gas or Super Comp. Okay. Um, and we were coming along with that project. And I started looking at National Dragster at, you know, guys like Marco and Ricky Atkins back in the day. And they were, you know, they're 20 to 30 on the tree and running two over, and they're winning rounds and winning races. And it's like, you know, I would think I could do that. So <laughs> right. we just switched paths from the super comp side, which thank God we did because I'd have sucked there (laughs) Um, to the top sportsman thing. And then uh, just started a a learning curve. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's what it's uh, been. So wait, what year was that when you really started uh, going at top sportsman full-time? 2002. Um, That was with the IHRA. We had divisional races here at uh, Great Lakes Dragway and uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa. Sure. Um, you went up to T, South Dakota, um, Grand Bend, uh, some of that. We were never fast enough to compete on the national level with IHRA, but uh, that's we started at the divisional level. Gotcha. Yep. And that was with the Monte Carlo? Yep. Yep. We ran that car until 2008 and then uh, had an opportunity when I got hooked up with Bob from Bob's Profab to uh, build a new car. And then in 09, we uh, debuted the Camaro. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that, because it is, and obviously in a podcast situation, uh, it doesn't do it justice, but you've got a gorgeous uh, Burgundy 68 Camaro. Is that right? Yes. Um, they did a phenomenal job. Um, everyone that knows me is, I'm not a small guy. You know, I'm six foot four and 300 pounds, and I just, I never even talked to your Bickles or your McCamuses or anybody because I just figured I need a personal touch. I can't have a cookie cutter car. And uh, I always liked the work Bob and the boys have done. I've looked at their cars and I said if I could ever afford it, they would be the guys I went with. And uh, the car has been second to none. The service is the same. I still work with them today. Um, They do all my motor work. and chassis updates and, you know, car freshening up and whatever we need to do, they take care of me. Okay. And, um, and so that, uh, that car was built in 08. And then what type of power plant do you have in it? Um, it started out with a 737 inch motor. We had problems with, we ran that two years and we broke the block between the cylinders. And then I got into a, a rare Morris and, 800 inch 5.2 bore space motor that was five years old but had been never down never been down a racetrack okay and uh it was a big bite to take but we thought well we're going to stay at this for a while and uh it that motor's been second to none now we're not leaning on it real hard all the time most of the time we just spray one or two kits um but it, it's been second to none for us so it's 820 and then you're you're giving it some juice as well and what type of ET does that put you in, Kurt? Um, our quickest quarter mile has been 655 at 214 on two kits. And we did play around a little in the eighth, and uh, we went 411 at 176 in the eighth. That's moving. 
a four eleven. Yeah, that was, that's that was getting after. Yeah, yeah. Did you? How many kits were you throwing at that at that point? That was three of them. That was at uh either that was an ADRL race, I believe, back at Martin, Michigan, years ago. Okay. And we were not qualified after two sessions, so we stayed up till two in the morning. We changed the torque converter. Bob had a real tight one in the trailer. We threw in it. We threw a tune-up in the third kit and said, wish her well and give her hell. And <laughs> it went out, and it really loved it. I ran um, three rounds, so one qualifier and three rounds of eliminations within two thousandths of a second all weekend. Ooh, nice. I mean, it was deadly consistent on three. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I think the, the Nitrous guys will tell you, or at least, at least, I mean, some of them, I think, will say the more the better, right? Because you're creating your own atmosphere, and and so right. you can and, be a little you know, more this consistent. Motor, it, it's a low-compression motor, so it's designed for a lot of nitrous. So okay. when we're putting one kit at this thing, it's it's not even hardly waking it up, really. Yeah. Um, you know, but we get extreme durability out of it that way, and, you know, we're still bracket racers. Yes. Um, we need to go fast to qualify, and then uh, – you know, it's about race day from there. Right. And, it, and I'm guessing it's a power glide you got in that thing? Actually, we run a power glide through all the years until this year. Um, I've been breaking planetaries a little more than I like. And so with a little talking around and looking, I just switched to a Bruzy 400 this year. Okay. Um, and, uh, with a three-speed three or will it be a two-speed 400? Uh, we went with the three-speed. This car is a little heavy. With me in the seat, we're just over 2,600 pounds. Okay. So we're a little heavy, and uh, I just I wanted to try the three-speed. And yep. so Gainesville this year was our first race with it, and we made a couple other changes, and so we struggled down there a little bit. But I just changed the stator here last weekend, so I'm ready to get out and test again because we got a couple things we're going to try to try to get a little more consistency back in our program. Gotcha. But that, that should create some wheel speed down low, right? So you, um, in theory, that would maybe pick it up a little bit, or did it add some weight too? Um, it ended up being a push on the weight. Uh, we changed a couple other things. Um, wheel speed was about the same, um, but we also switched to the Mickey tire. So I'm learning that this year also. Okay. Um, I've been hearing about it for a long time and taking a lot of crap for my Hoosiers. And, uh, <laughs> I said, all right, I'm going to try this and see what, you know, see what happens. If it helps, like everybody says it will, we should be really something to be dealt with again. Yeah. Um, but we're learning. We had to change our chassis setup a fair amount and, uh, our starting line RPM is where we we're at right now is our next big change along with the stator and the converter. So what'd you do with the starting line RPM? Uh, we're going to need to raise it a little bit okay? just to get after it a little harder. Um, I run a pretty conservative program, and I need to get after it a little harder to make the car happier. We are getting a little bit of inconsistency in the 60-foots. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what you did not have last year was much inconsistency. Why don't you talk us through um, last season? I mean, you you, you win the Division Three Top Sportsman Championship, and then – finished fourth overall on the national side. I mean, that's, that's a heck of a season. Um, you want to talk us through a little bit of that, give us some thoughts on, on last year? Oh, it, it was unbelievable. You know, when we needed the breaks, we got them. Um, 
we always like to go to Gainesville for the two-week deal in the spring as a vacation to get out of the snow up here. Sure. And when we come off the trailer going to the final in the divisional, you know, it's like, wow, that's unbelievable. And the only reason we didn't have a good shot at it is I had a wide-open throttle switch fail on the starting line. Oh. So when I left the starting line, it was on horsepower, and it's like, well, that ain't no good. So you reach <laughs> over, you grab the override button and hang on. and. We couldn't quite get there, but we gave it, you know, gave it something. Uh-huh. And then uh, we had the Gators the next week, and I ran into Ronnie Proctor third round, who was last year's champion, or 18th champion. Yep. And uh, we both had an identical breakout. He's 009 on the tree, and I'm 11. So you know how that one mm-hmm. went. <laughs> yeah, so you were right there, and that would yeah, yeah. obviously went either way. Yeah, yeah. You go shake his hand, and you wish him the best because right. that's, you know. Nothing wrong there. No, some um, days that's just how it is, right? You just correct. You, you make a good pass and you just get, yeah, no, that's how it correct. is in racing for sure. Yeah, from there we went to Norwalk and second round. I got a little greedy on the finish line. So that ended that. And then in the first round, we shook the tires and we got into a bad set of tires at Indy. And I, so we fought through that, thought we were okay, got to Joliet. After the second qualifier, struggling with that i put a new set of tires on for q3 and that's what the car was really looking for hmm. um we ended up going to the finals and winning joliet um which i got a big break in the semifinals. it was a hot day and you know a hundred plus degree day and you, you kind of lose your head once in a while and i changed my routine backing up and i forgot to turn the barrel valve on for the nitrous and so when I left, it was on horsepower, and I knew exactly what I did. So I reached over and turned it on, which wasn't real pretty, but I was racing Scotty Haas, and he didn't go 30 feet. He broke a planetary. Ah. So that was my lucky round. And then in the final, I just did a good, uh, bad job of losing. The margin of victory was four ten thousandths at the finish line. I was 001. He was 005, and it's, that could have been a crapshoot any way it went. Right. Right, so that, that was a uh, that that weekend worked out well for you. Yeah, yeah. Then we went up to our new favorite racetrack, being Brainerd, Minnesota, and uh, run it up to divisional and national back to back up there. Yeah, that's um, uh, so you that that's a that's a pretty good uh, feeling once you. I think if you're running the divisional the week before and then you've got the national right there, like you you get pretty comfortable with that, right? Right, right. We were up there in, in uh, eighteen also. And had some success, so we we had high hopes going. And I don't know what it is up there, but it's a good fit. Um, we our tuning and our weather predictions and stuff work well up there. And ended up double oh one red in the final for Allen Firestone. Sure, yep. And uh, but you know I won't hang my head with that either because Allen's a tough racer. You don't take him for granted. Absolutely not. Yeah. And then uh, the following weekend for Larry Deemers in the final. Um, <laughs> he had a 12 or 13 pack, so it's like, hey, congratulations, man. You did a great job. I didn't deserve this one. <laughs> right, yeah. No, and Larry was on fire, too, at that point. Oh, yeah, year. he was that he was killing it. The car was good. He was good. Like I was hoping shaking his hand, a little bit of that would rub off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you had, you kind of had a murderer's row, and, and, of course, you were part of it to a lot of people. So, um, you know, that that was good. So. Um, was that the, no, was that the last event for division three? Where was, what was the last? Uh, then we had St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis. Right. Got it. Yep. Yep. And we went down there and 
Um, we ran the national at St. Louis, and in the semifinals, I totally flinched on the button. I went back on it, and the light was on. So I either was going to be like a hundred red or, you know, a hundred late. Well, I was a hundred late, so that ended that. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the divisional the following weekend, I, I don't know why I struggled, but I could not find the tree very well, and I got it. I got to the quarterfinals, which was further than I should have gone, but it uh, it wrapped us up on a pretty good note. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, and Division Three, while um, you know, I, I think every division can make the claim that they have great racers, and it's brutally tough, and rightfully so. Division Three is typically one of the fastest ones, so it adds another level to this thing where y- you not only have uh, to race well, but but qualifying in and of itself is a whole nother deal in Division Three. Yeah, yeah. Um, at St. Louis, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember if I went like a 57 or a 59. I think it was in the high 50s, and I qualified number 19. <laughs> right. I mean, it was it was unreal. I mean, it's awesome. I love it. That's that's the great part about this group. Yeah. And you know, you don't take anybody for granted because they're all tough racers out there, and we all make mistakes. Yep. No, you know, that's exactly right. Um, part of going fast like this is there is quite a few variables that come into play. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, there's the book on how to lose a drag race is pretty thick, right? Yeah, I should have started writing that book a long time ago, but <laughs> I think there'd be some things that get repeated though too that we really don't want to admit. Right. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Uh, um, well, tell us this. Uh, tell us a little bit when you're not racing. What are you up to? What uh, What do you do for a living? And um, and what else do you do? I'm a municipal contractor, so. I'm your highway maintenance department for a rural community. I take care of 38 miles of road and it gives me the flexibility to go racing in the summer. And I got a couple part-time guys that fill in for me when I'm gone. Um, but I'm tied down in the winter time with snow, which I'll give that up. Um, and then I farm, uh, part-time with my cousin. Um, so that keeps me busy in between and gives me the flexibility to, to continue on with the racing. Yeah, uh, busy work for sure on both, you know, keep both those jobs keep you busy, but at least you do have some flexibility, right, to absolutely to, to get out of town and, and do this because it, it does take and a of time. And, co- of course, with the, with the commitment of my wife at this level, we could never compete at this level. Um, you know, this, this is a big commitment for both of us. Um, you know, it'd be great to say, yeah, I'd like you to have, you know, somebody else come help you on a weekend, but the long and the short, I just to get somebody that can get off work and be gone that much is, is very hard to find. It's a special combination. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. So that's a team effort, uh, between you and, uh, the better half, Mm-hmm. man, we all need that. Don't we, we all need, uh, someone in our corner when, when to do this type of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Like I say, this is, this is a blessing to be able to out do stuff like this. Um, this is way above and beyond normal life. Yeah, no, well, and you um, you had uh, an above normal life last year, and uh, so tell us what your plans are for this year. You're um, obviously trying to repeat in the Division Three side, and you finished fourth place. Do you have uh, you know eyeballs or aspirations on on getting that top spot at some point? Oh, that's that's a dream to every every one of us out here racing. I mean, last year was a dream to me. Um, to be able to run a single-digit number with the crowd we run with is just 
unbelievable. Um, you know, we take it one race at a time. You don't get wrapped up in that. Um, obviously, with the issues going on, uh, yesterday they just come out with our new divisional schedule. I haven't had a lot of time to look at it. Uh, sounds like we're going to get pretty busy here in the middle of July. Yeah. And, uh, you know, start figuring out where we're going to go and start attacking. But you take it one round at a time and um, be as thorough as you can. And then however it shakes out, it shakes out. Right. No, it's probably the right approach. Um, and obviously it's uh, it's been effective for you. Um Kurt, I appreciate you coming on today. That was a uh, that was really good stuff. Um, congrats on just a phenomenal year last year, and I, I wish you wish you well this year. Whenever you know we can get get back at it here again soon. Great, great. I appreciate you thinking of me. It's uh, this is the kind of stuff I do every day, so I'm a little nervous doing this. But my wife told me I should have a couple beers and relax beforehand. <laughs> But I figured, no, he don't want me running my mouth that bad. Ah, no, that's this show would be better um, if we had we had more of that action, and not worse. It'd be better. It might have to be on after ten o'clock. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. I mean, if uh, if that was my mo, it, this thing would get out of control really quick. <laughs> right. Right. Um, no, I hear you. I hear you. But <laughs> no, I really appreciate you thinking of us. And uh, like I say, you know, we can go from hero one year to zero in the next. We've all been there, so you just. You just keep fighting, keep your head down. You enjoy it while it's there, but you know, don't get too cocky about it. And you know, whatever happens, it happens. Yep. And uh, no, I think that's absolutely right. But uh, it happened for you last year, um, guys, girls. That is your 2019 NHRA Division Three Top Sportsman Champion, Kurt Frederick. If you need him. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. If you need him, Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com is ready uh, to help you for any of your high-powered legal needs. Um, Again, this is the roughest segment going on in 2020 right now because we don't have any actual races to report on this week, but there is some news, so let's talk about it. First of all, the Midwest Pro Mod Series They're going to race this weekend. They're going to go down to Enos, Texas, the Texas Motorplex, and run the Lone Star Nationals. Now, a couple things to note about this. First of all, there will not be any fans. Um, If you want to watch the Lone Star Nationals for the Midwest Pro Mod Series, you need to go on bangshift.com. They charge a small fee to watch that, but that is per the order of the governor down there. No one is allowed to watch drag racing in Texas just yet, so uh, they're going to do that. The other thing that I think is really interesting is that the NHRA, I'll call Funny Car and Dragsters, will run their event also. So that's it's not a divisional event. That is a regional event, and those guys are going to do that in conjunction with the Midwest Pro Mod Series. So I think that's a good collaborative effort between the NHRA and the Midwest Pro Mod Series, getting both that done and, truthfully, adds value to those of you that are going to go online and watch that. You're going to get um, even – you know, um, with the pro mods, with the top sportsmen, with top dragster cars, you're also going to get the alcohol funny car and alcohol dragsters there. So that's a dual meet, and that's a good collaboration, and I like it down there in Texas this weekend. On the PDRA side, they're going to fire up after Memorial Day. They're going to go next weekend, May 29th and 30th. That goes to Galat Motorsports Park. The East Coast Nationals go there. My understanding is they did all their – online registration and sold out immediately it's like a rock concert so i expect a complete full field out there 
And um, the only thing I think we have to worry about is that the health inspector is going to be out on the premises. And I hope that person has some idea of how long of a trip some people are going to make to make that race. And they just don't assume that they're going to shut everything down, um, you know, for no great reason. So um, fingers crossed for the PDRA, really excited for them that they've got uh, so much um, excitement around that event there at Galat next weekend. And then on the NHRA side, um, the NHRA announced their event schedule for the Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series yesterday. So they really start up the first week in June, that first weekend. Division two starts June 5th and through 7th down in Atlanta. Division four gets going that same weekend, June 5th and 7th in Tulsa. Um, and of course, we told you about the alcohol guys starting this weekend with the Midwest Pro Mod Series in Texas this weekend. So that's uh, good news that we're getting going legitimately in June. And then also the other thing that was kind of nice was they added another JEG Sports National. So, of course, you had the one in Columbus, Ohio, uh, July 16th through 19th, essentially, because that's a doubleheader with the uh, Division Three event there. But they also added a JEG Sports National in Epping, New Hampshire, uh, that's in New England Dragway, August twenty second or twenty first and twenty second, out there. So, the you know the thing about the Jeg Sports Nationals that they do such a good job with it. There's the national points are on the line there. So, uh, exciting news from Jegs. Exciting news from the NHRA that way. And then they talked a little bit about the points change, just a little bit on the national event level for points. You can claim the best three out of five. On the national event, you can claim the best five out of seven of the divisional events uh, for your consideration for the national point stage. And then on the divisional, it's the best five out of seven, and two of those have to come from your home division. You don't have to claim those, but uh, divisional is five out of seven, and you have to at least run two events in your home division. So um, we'll update you when and uh, if we hear any more Additional news on the scheduling front, but uh, good luck to all those folks going to Texas this weekend and to Galat next weekend. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for just one second, and let's talk about our guy, Steve Huff, who took the first electric vehicle ever over 200 miles per hour in a drag strip in a quarter mile. Um, he went 723 at 201 miles an hour in his electric dragster. And uh, most people were happy. I, you know, uh, you think, you know, my feelings on that, uh, our guy, the goat, big daddy, Don Garlitz probably did not like that one bit. Cause he's been working on that same feat for a while. And, uh, like I said, uh, Steve Huff gets it done. I think everyone kind of knows my opinion on these electric cars, but, uh, but like Elon Musk, you have to give Steve Huff and his team credit. I mean, this is a colossal mechanical engineering undertaking, and he got it done. Um, you couldn't hear it get done, but you could see it if you watch the scoreboard. Um, I'm also going to bet that uh, Big Daddy is going to go for the first six-second run now that the 200-mile-an-hour barrier has been busted. Um, but congrats to Steve Huff and his team. Nice job on getting that battery pack down the track at over 200 miles per hour for the first time ever. 
ultimately, I think the tree huggers are going to find out that it takes more energy and pollution to build one of those huge batteries than it does to do what we're doing now, which is make these internal combustion engines more efficient with cylinders that drop off when you don't need them and engines that act like go-karts at stoplights and stop and start without you having to hit the key. And not to mention the infinite amount of gears in the transmissions now that keep the engine to optimum RPMs to create the best fuel efficiency. But um, in either event, um, if someone wants to come on and tell me how great it is to be able to run someone over without them ever hearing you do it, then come on and I'm all ears. But congrats um, in the meantime to Steve Huff for getting that done. It is a milestone and um, I, yeah, I would expect it to keep going uh, further and further in that that field from here. Okay, as we hit the mile per hour cone, we're going to bring on the owner of GetX Products. Uh, he's a really good drag racer, and he's most recently won the 2020 U.S. Street Nationals 550 Index uh, down in Bradenton. Um, with us now, my friend Gary Varney. Gary, how are you, man? Good, Rex. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm I'm anxious to get back out, but uh, you know, other than that, uh, I'm vertical. I'm healthy, and I think really that's all we can uh, really uh, account for right now. That's the best we can hope for at this point. I'm afraid. Yeah, I think you're right. Now you you um, you got out and did some racing early this year and got a nice win. So you're ahead of the rest of us for the most part. I did, and uh, yeah, I was uh, very fortunate to be able to go down there and spend a little time, and um, you know, actually, uh, very fortunate to pull a win off, you know, in, uh, in Florida. A bunch of tough, tough racers down there. Yeah, you got it done, um, and I know you to be a heck of a racer, um, and I, I've lined up against you in a final, <laughs> and I didn't like it to be honest with <laughs> you because I knew, I knew I had to make a flawless run to beat you, um, and. So I know what those guys were all thinking every time they lined up with you this weekend, but uh, or earlier this year, I mean. But uh, take us back. Why don't you take us back and and uh, talk to us a little bit about how uh, this racing habit started for you? Well, it all started uh, actually back in 1972 as a 12-, 13-year-old boy. Um, the first spring nationals ever held at National Trail Raceway uh, and I kept begging my dad to take me, you know, and he, he wasn't too interested. And the last minute he did, um, uh, we went and watched the finals, uh, the spring nationals at, at, in 1972. Well, that was, it was over for me after that. I come home and climb on my dirt bike and try to attempt burnouts, you know, and hold the front brake and do these crazy burnouts on it, you know. And, uh, um, you know, the, the bug was with me for about four years. He wouldn't let me race. He wouldn't let me go down the racetrack, even at 16, and uh, when I turned 18 um, in 1976, I made my first trip down the racetrack. You and, said, uh, I'm emancipated, so off I go. Yep, I was. Uh, it was over. I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, I am hooked on this stuff. I love it, you know. And uh, it stayed with me all these years. Um, I think this is my, what, 44th year, I think, of doing this crazy stuff, so... Yeah, you're doing it at a really high level, too. Um, why don't you tell us, uh, our listeners, a little bit about your car? Because it's pretty special. Uh, yeah, my car uh, actually uh, was built by a um, Richard Bowling's race car down in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. And he built it for uh, Wilson Ford just outside of Atlanta. 
and it was a Bob Glidden uh, replica, uh, and they used it for a show car. It was a the seven uh, eleven uh, car, the Chief Auto Parts seven eleven car, and uh, the Thunderbird, right? Yep, the Thunderbird, eighty six, yep. eighty five Thunderbird, and um, so it sat on Wilson Ford's uh, showroom for a couple of years, and uh, I think Richard Bolins actually drove it a, a few times, raced it a few times, and then it went to. Um, uh, fella Racer Brown out in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, sure. and he ran IHRA Quick Rod with it for a while, and um, I ended up with a car. Uh, eventually, I bought it rolling. Uh, the paint was not good on it at the time, so we repainted it and um, to a different paint scheme. And um, we're actually thinking about having it wrapped and going back to the old Glidden uh, paint scheme. Uh, ah, there you go. Pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool deal, but. Uh, Yep, been running it all these years, uh, 22 years with this car. And uh, what uh, you got a Ford power plant in that thing, is that right? Absolutely. Uh, you know me, Rick. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it's a 557-inch uh, Ford motor in it now with uh, blue thunder heads. Uh, got a sheet metal tunnel ram on it, uh, two dominators. Uh, and it, it's a pretty mild engine. I mean, it's not a... A big high maintenance deal, you know, where I got to change valve springs every twenty runs or anything, but um, uh, it does okay. It, it makes it makes enough power uh, for me, anyways. So, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a really good it's a sharp piece um, for a Ford. Thank uh, you. But uh, it's a really sharp piece. Yeah. And outside of this index stuff that you've run a little bit, what other series are you running with it? Well, we ran a, uh, there was a Super 32 Series, a Quick 32 Series at National Trail. It ran for years, um, and we ran that series, I don't know, I probably ran that series for uh, 12 years or something like that, and uh, never did win the championship. I runnered up twice and finished third once, um, but never could pull off the uh, the championship for that series. Um, but, um, and unfortunately, that series has gone away. Um it's um it's it's uh, i think it's a quick 16 series now and they bring in just some crazy fast stuff but um but yeah we run some of that um yeah do some index stuff at dragway 42 okay. um you know run some 550 stuff up there but uh used to do a, um and still do some nmra stuff um you know run some of their bracket series that they run but uh i'm getting old i'm slowing down you know <laughs> We all are. We all yeah. are. Gary. Uh, yeah. Well, it takes. Um, well, you've got a you've got a nine to five, right? You're not. Uh, you you got to do that every day. Tell us a little bit about what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, basically, um, in 2011, I uh, acquired uh, GetX, um, and that's pretty much our deal right now. Um, well, for the last ten, nine, ten years now, I guess, but. Um, we uh, we manufacture the dial-in window marker and the wheels-up wheelie bar marker yep. uh, for the wheelie bars, and we also do a burnout guard, you know, the guard for the uh, rear quarter panels uh, for a lot of street cars, you know, so the molten rubber just um, just washes off right uh, off the quarter panels, and we also have a product um, that came from Burnout Guard, and we call it Nose Guardian, and they use it on the front of um, like uh, RVs and semis and you know what have you and what it it basically does the same thing as the burnout guard only the bugs just wash off easy ah, okay um, so um, yeah it's kind of kind of neat but um, well that's good because anything I can do to make my 
uh, cleaning time, you know, minimized. Right. That's what I want. I, I, yeah. I don't really love uh, trying to get rubber off the quarter panels, nor do I like getting bugs off the, the front of the truck or whatever it might be. So, yeah, that that, yeah. Uh, that helps the cause. That's what I like. Yeah, it does. Um, actually, Rick Jones is use, uses it on their uh, wheel tubs on the Pro Stockers. Um, oh, okay. They spray it up in the wheel tubs to keep, uh, you know, they make the um, rubber come off the wheel tubs easier. Gotcha. Um, so they, they use it for that also. So and several uses for it. I think that's um, a big part of uh, trying to, you know, so much of keeping the race car clean is trying to help uh, kind of think about some of those things. And it does whenever you have to work on it then. It's a little nicer than, uh, you know, jarring a bolt loose and having a bunch of dirt and uh, gunk oh, fall yeah. on you. you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's amazing, too. I cleaned the tubs out in my car here a while back. It was amazing how much weight I got out of it from the right. rubber and the wheel tubs. I mean, it really builds up under there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, how us uh, disease drag racers are weight conscious. <laughs> so, right, right. You know. um, Well, and you mentioned to me, um, this was offline, but you mentioned to me that there's a really specific process, and and you guys spent a lot of time developing the dial-in markers so that it it works on, you know, um, the plexiglass and the Lexan and all that stuff, and which is different than the old shoe polish that we used to use, just, you know, standard. Yeah, it's um, it is pretty specialized. Um, actually, a fellow named Larry Geddes originally owned GetX or developed GetX um, came up with this. And uh, you know, back when back when I started, we used shoe polish on the on the glass and uh, had to come off with a razor blade pretty much, you know. And uh, as race cars evolved and um, Lexan started coming on the scene, or you know, acrylic um, come on the scene, well, shoe polish didn't work anymore. Because yeah. it would um, just destroy it. So this stuff is specially formulated uh, for Lexan, and um, the biggest problem was, you know, we wanted it, or he wanted it at the time, to work on Lexan and glass, and um, it would work fine on the Lexan, but glass uh, not so much. And you know, it was it kept refining it and got it to work on glass and everything was fine except when you get to like a i think it was a 67 nova the side glass in a 67 nova okay was so hard the glass was so hard that the the dial in would just roll off of it so they had to go back to the drawing board and uh, you know refine it even further so it'd work on all glass and um I, I guess glass is technically a liquid. People don't understand that. Um, but if you you measure the window in a hundred year old house, it'll be a lot thicker to bottom than it is at the top. The glass will be from where it is slowly ran down over the years. Interesting. And, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And uh, but and some some glass and and some of the especially the older cars was just extremely hard. Yeah. And. Um, you know, so all glass is not made the same. Right, <laughs> so, right. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was quite a process to, to refine it enough to where it would work on everything. Yep. And uh, we got it down pretty good. And uh, it, it goes on. We say it goes on like paint and wipes off like chalk. So uh, we're pretty proud of that. Yeah. No, as well you should be. And 
it um, for the the price point, it's a it's a lot cheaper than a, a dial in board and all the other stuff that and these. It is, and, it is, and you know, not everybody wants a dial in board, you know, especially somebody in a street car or you know a car that they drive occasionally or something, you know, and um, um, you know, you know, have to mess with the wiring and all the electronics and stuff that goes along with it. But um, sure. So yeah, we're um, it, um, you know we're 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 pretty happy with uh, with our dial in products and our wheelie bar marker. Um, you know we have a lot of um, a lot of the pro stock teams use our wheelie bar stuff. Um, I think most of Coletta's fuel teams uh, use it also. Um, we send quite a bit of it to Connie Coletta's t- operations. Oh okay. So um, you know they're they're using it too. So. Uh, a lot of the pro cars are using it, and uh, you know we're pretty proud of that. Yeah, I, I understood, and as well you should be. And then you've also recently, with all this coronavirus stuff come out, um, you developed a, a hand sanitizer as well, right? Actually, we did. Um, you know, when all this stuff hit, um, it, you know, everything was crazy. I mean, um, it was just uh, the biggest problem with hand sanitizer uh, was getting the containers to put it in and, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, no, it, they just didn't exist. And, you know, luckily being in the business, the bottling business, uh, we had bottles and we had access to bottles and, um, uh, consequently we were able to pull it off. Yeah. So, like you, you wouldn't think that that would be the issue, but, um, when everybody was doing a mad scramble for that stuff, bottles were, uh, high priority and and uh, and high demand, right? Oh, it was crazy. Um, you know, they uh, uh, even today uh, sprayers are not available. Um, and you know, not that we would do it, but they say you can't even get them out of China right now. Hmm. So that's how bad it is. <laughs> so, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, all of our stuff is made in the U.S., but um, yeah, the sprayers are still not available, and they're telling me April or not April, August or September before we might even see some of that stuff. Um, luckily, we have enough on hand for our burnout guard products, but um, for the sprayers. But uh, yeah, the containers have just been uh, just been uh, almost impossible to get, and uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to to uh, use what we had, and you know, was able to get a few more from our supplier. So uh, we did. We got into the sanitizer business, and um, you know, to try to help, you know, combat this crazy stuff. And um, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. We've been we've been uh, happy to you know be able to help. Well, I think I mean, it's just it's the new world order, right? We're just all going to have to have that stuff at our disposal and and ready and and just as a protectant, just like the burnout guard is a protectant. That hand sanitizer stuff is a protectant for us personally, and it's um, it is. We, yeah, we just have to protect. I mean, we just we have to. I mean, it's uh, it's our livelihood, right? Well, it is. It is. You know, and if we're going to open this country back up, um, I think we're going to have to to use this stuff and prove to the, the government <laughs> that right. that we can do this. You know, um, you know, we can protect ourselves, and we can use the stuff that's available. And um, you know, try to try to knock this thing down, yep. and um, hopefully get rid of it. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a new world. Uh, unfortunately, um, it, it really is, and uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be around for a while. I think you're right. Um, I'm just hopeful that uh, 
we all can get ourselves a little healthier and kind of figure out how to combat it uh, long-term. Yeah. But uh, yeah, part of that is using hand sanitizer and, and, you know, washing our hands and keeping ourselves right. uh, safe that way. Right. Right. I got to tell you, this hand sanitizer gets kind of addicting. Uh, <laughs> the more you use it, the more you think you should, you know, right. and, uh, it uh, it's kind of interesting the way it works. I mean, I never was honestly, you know, before all this hit. I was, you know, wash my hands and do everything you're supposed to do. But you know, sanitizer, nah, I don't know. I don't think I need that, you know. And um, you know, now you think every time you touch something, you gotta sanitize your hands, you know, because right. you never know what might have been on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you can so, almost drive yourself crazy. I think, you can. Bit, you you know? can. Yeah. And um, you know, it's. Um, and of course, you know our our government officials are. I think there's a battle, of course, going on there. You know, some 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 of the some of the higher up officials think, well, maybe maybe it's not as bad as we think it is. And then you got the local, the governors, you know, keeping these racetracks shut down, um, which I don't know, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. If you can walk into Lowe's or, you know, one of the right. The, uh, the department stores and you know you're elbow to elbow to people but um i just don't think they understand bracket racing as far no. as that goes no they clearly don't right no they, they, they don't. don't they don't well let me ask you this um if our listeners they need dial-in markers they need burnout guard they need that the front guard um to keep the rvs and the and the rigs clean going mm-hmm. on the road and or they just need some hand sanitizer and want to support uh a race um racing manufacturer where's the easiest way for them to find your products um go to your uh favorite retailer your performance retailer um you know the jags of summits um you know those type of people um you know they have it readily available and ready to ship um as far as the um the sanitizer it takes them a little while to get it into their system um and if you know if you, if somebody needs sanitizer, they can email us at uh, info at getx dot net. They can call us at seven four zero nine one nine zero one three two, or look us up on uh, Facebook and message us on Facebook getx dial in, and uh, we can we can certainly take care of anybody's needs as far as the sanitizer goes. Fantastic, yeah, um, it's. It's necessary for all of us. I mean, we spend so much money um, on our cars that we a little bit extra keeps them clean. And then, you know, we got to have it for our bodies um, because it is, uh, I mean, it's the only thing that uh, allows us to do all the other stuff is our health. So we got to have it. We just got to have it. There's no doubt. Yep, we have to. I mean, if we don't have our health, we're not going to be racing or working or anything else. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've got we've to keep ourselves healthy and try to build our immune systems up and, uh, you know, kick this thing to the curb. That's right. Um, speaking of that, let's say we've kicked it. What's your race schedule look like the rest of the year? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> we have to get uh, – we have to get these tracks opened up. Um, you know, we had originally uh, intended on running. There was a, they were actually going to have a Ford race at 42, um, but they canceled oh, it. Um, and, and, of course, a lot of stuff's getting canceled. Um, so I I'm should, really not sure. I should tell our listeners that um, at one point I famously or infamously um, told you that you were the only Ford guy that I really liked. 
personally. Yeah. And that you have never let me live that down. No, I and, never uh, did, and I will <laughs> I will never forget when you told me that. It was at Indianapolis Raceway Park. And uh you had just actually kicked my tail, if I remember right. Uh, Pretty bad. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> and, uh, that. I, th- I think I had a good night and uh, Yeah, you uh you took my Wally. <laughs> <laughs> How's my Wally doing, by the way, it's Rick? It's perfect. It is perfect. It's nice and shined up, too. Good, good. No, you actually deserved it that night. You really did. It was uh, That was a, just a, a great night, and uh, you actually deserved that, to win that race by by all counts. Well, I appreciate it, but, uh, yeah, when, anytime you tell me you're going to a Ford event, I have to laugh. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I will never forget when you told me that that night, and, you know, I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of things I don't remember my name's once, you know, half the time I don't remember my name, but uh, I do remember that very well, and uh, I just thought it was funny, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's been, uh, you know, one of, you're one of my favorite people, there's no doubt. Well, Gary, thanks for coming on, um, talking to us a little bit about GetX. Thank you for uh, helping the show and being a uh, sponsor of the show. And um, and I I wish you well the rest of the season. Stay safe, and uh, you know I, I look forward to our paths crossing again here real real soon. Absolutely, Rex. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. That was Gary Varney and GetX.net if you need them. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. All right, let's take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 44. And there it is. There's the wind light and Gloria. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, guys, girls, we had a great week this week. I mean, first of all, there was no roadster talk, so that's good. Um, We also got the NHRA Lucas Oil schedule this week. That was good. We know that the biggest payout in top sportsmen and top drags in history will be paid at Bandemir Speedway this September. We broke that news last week. Um, but I can't wait. That is so good, good, good for our classes. Um, special thanks today for our guests coming on. Kurt Frederick, your 2019 NHRA Division Three top sportsman champion, and also Gary Varney, uh, GetX owner and a guy I just do not like racing against because he's really good. Um Hey, do me a favor, share the Facebook and Twitter pages. Make comments if you don't mind. Um, I'd love to hear it out there. You know, take care of the murder hornets and all that stuff. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. dumb question that I'm, I'm gonna ask okay when are you guys gonna race yeah um soon here i mean we're the folks down in texas are going this weekend um people in virginia get to go next weekend and then the rest of the kind of world opens up in june so we're close good your country needs you man that ain't no joke